What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Spencerberg Podcast. We are on episode 65 or 66, and as you can see, we are at a new location. If you're watching on YouTube, we are here at Precision Dynamics with the owner, Mike. Finally, man. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a while since we've been talking about this. <laughs> I think it's been a year plus. Uh, I started the podcast about a year ago, and one of the biggest things I wanted to do was bring value to people, which we've done in the YouTube videos. Yeah. And if you're not familiar with Mike, he owns Precision Dynamics and has built all my cars. Yeah. Everything. Since, damn, when did we meet? Say 2016, 15? 15, I think. It's when I had the E90 and you were working at another car shop. Yeah, that was like the, the first location too. I think your car was pretty much completely stocked. The only thing you had was the uh, exhaust, the FI exhaust. I had, yeah, I had the IPE exhaust on it and that was it. And I didn't realize how far this would turn into it like a friendship yeah after all these years <laughs> it's crazy we it's cool because if you go back on my youtube videos and you look at the beginning you'll see mike working on my car at another shop doing my rod bearings yep. <laughs> and it's just so trippy to see how how fast it's gone so now that we're here doing the podcast i think that the best the first question i want to ask is if someone comes up to you and asks you who you are yep. and what you do how would you explain that well, I just tell them that I own a uh, European performance shop located in Orange County near John Wayne. Um, to be honest with you, a lot of times I go out to like car events and stuff like that. They actually recognize me. Really? Yeah. Is that from <laughs> videos and stuff? From videos. That's cool. Yeah. So it's pretty awesome. Um, I, I love answering people's questions too. It's nice to like, uh, you know, see some of like our followers who's been following us for some time including some uh, business owners I know that's actually in Florida. Oh, cool. He actually said that he saw some videos from you as well as TJ, and he was just like, yeah, you know, I was watching videos of you, and it's crazy <laughs> to see that. <laughs> it's so trippy because I originally when I started doing YouTube, I wanted to film, like, cool, fast cars and just, you know, just share the experience with people, and it turned into us eventually just being like, hey, let's film how to properly install a GT4 yep. lip. Let's film the whole thing of doing yep. rod bearings. Yep. And we've done so many videos now where people, like I was telling you, my analytics, when you look at my analytics, people watch it an hour video and the watch time is times 10 because they're sitting through it watching <laughs> the video. Um, so here, you know, you do everything on any kind of car, right, usually? Pretty much everything and anything. Uh, we specialize in Europeans, but obviously we work on imports too. I come from, you know, JDM cars. Yeah. So. What was your first car? My first car was actually a 2003 Ford Mustang. No that, way. Yeah. You had a Mustang as your first car? Yeah, so it was in 2005 <laughs> that I got my first car. Or no, 2006 when I got my first car. And that car, so here's a crazy story, <laughs> let me tell you. Okay. So when I actually got the car, my parents gave it to me. I had my, um, what is it, driving permit? Mm-hmm. And I was driving it with no insurance. Well, legally, that is. The car was insured, but I wasn't insured. <laughs> and then uh, I was driving it around for two years. So then after that, finally, um, I got my license. And then I got insured. Yeah. One week later, after I had my insurance and license, somebody actually T-boned me. So you just perfect timing then for you. Yes. Wow. <laughs> Yes. Thing. So is that what sparked the interest in cars or what sparked it? Yeah, so that actually started it. So this was back when, you know, like, you know, sound systems were in and a lot of people are actually doing like modified sound systems. So mm -hmm. I did that on the Mustang. Um, then after that, I was like, you know what, I'm going to get a car that I actually want because the Mustang actually belonged to my sister, which was a hand-me-down. Mm -hmm. And then I ended up getting a Acura Integra. So that's a JDM yes. start for you. <laughs> yes. So I actually blew the motor on that. And then I ended up swapping the engine. Um, and on my parents' driveway, oh I didn't God. have any proper equipment or tools, all the necessary startup stuff. I had like a startup kit yeah. from like Craftsman. Uh -huh. 
and I actually couldn't even pull the motor out because I didn't have the cherry picker. Wow. So I actually removed the head, and then I pulled. My mom actually <laughs> helped me remove the head. So I removed wow. the head, and she came over and helped me carry it out. That's cool. Then when I was ready to pull the block out, my dad actually came and helped me carry it out. Jeez. So you, you just kind of jumped into learning how to do the stuff like on your own. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously back then internet wasn't that big. You yeah. Know, we were on DSL. Like there wasn't like <laughs> Google. Google wasn't even a thing back then. It was Yahoo back then. Yeah. So there's not much information on stuff like that. So I, obviously I just did it and just learned. Wow. That's cool. So that, that was the beginning of it. And then um, the way that I know you is I think we met through you being a mechanic at an automotive shop. Mm -hmm. um, how did you get into like, you know, get into a bigger league where you're like comfortable working at a shop on cars? Yeah. So I was working in cars and, you know, at, at my parents' house for quite some time. And then one day my parents said, Hey, you should probably just go get a job for uh, you know, a car shop, automotive repair shop. So my mom actually referred me to some uh, place. I worked over there and then I was getting underpaid. Uh, I think I started off at like $8 an hour. Wow. Yeah, so I wasn't getting paid much. And then finally I said, you know what, I need a better job, better paying job. So then I went to go get a job over at Bodie's Alignment Shop. So I started over there doing alignments and you know suspension, stuff like that. But it, it just wasn't fulfilling, you know, because I was more of like a, a engine type of guy, yeah. performance modifications. So I didn't get my interest that I had into it. So then I went to go to another shop, which was an HB called Schmitty's Garage. Um, they actually flew me out to New York to take some courses to get master certified in hybrid. Wow. So you learn a lot doing that then. Yeah. Wow. That's but, so but do, do you, same thing. do you feel like the, those shops helped you as a well-rounded mechanic though? Cause you started with alignment, right? Yeah. So, okay. well, I already had the experience to do all that stuff, but I feel like just getting into that automotive shop and working on different cars I never worked on before yeah. allowed me to learn more. At the end of the day, cars are relatively all the same. Yeah. You just got to know all the little kinks and tricks. Yeah, because it, it seems like you, anytime I come here and I bring up an idea, you're like, let's do it. Yeah. Like no matter what yeah. it is. And it's funny because I feel like you're just the person that can be like, yeah, I know how to do that. Yep. Just figuring that out. So with that being said, you you probably had a lot of people that were reaching out to you to work on their cars, right? Yes. Is that was that I'm assuming that was a big part of why you started this? Uh, yes and no. So I was a lot of times when I was working at the other shop mm -hmm. where we both met. Yeah. Um, a lot of people were asking me if I would work on their car off hours, you know, or working on it on the weekends and stuff like that, or my days off. I would always decline because I worked too many hours. Yeah. <laughs> I just didn't have the time, and I never really had that motivation or strive to open up my own shop. But what I've come to realize over the time was nobody would treat you the way that you want to be treated because at the end of the day, a lot of these business owners are all after money. You know, they don't care about, you know, clients or employees. I'm sure you see how I treat my employees. Oh yeah, it's like family. Every exactly, time that's how I want it to be because that's how I want to be treated. Yeah. And I have that experience of, you know, working at a shop where like an owner gets mad and he starts yelling at you for no reason. And you're just like, you know, what do you want me to do? Or like. Another thing too is like, you know, they expect you to put in the extra hours rather than accommodating to you and your health. Yeah. So then finally I had enough because I kept telling, you know, both my last two previous jobs. Um, and then I told them, I said, I said, I'm working too many hours. I'm getting too stressed out. I need some time and I need to work on some smaller projects where I'm not stressed out. Yeah, it's just too much at once. Too much. And yeah. then finally, you know, they said, oh, yeah, you know, we will. We will make it a little bit easier for you, make it, you know, stressless for you. Um, just make it, you know, back to how it was when you started. That didn't happen. It never happened, huh? And then finally I said, you know what? Uh, I'm getting tired of this. And I was talking to Kennedy, my business partner now. Mm -hmm. 
And I told him that I'm getting tired of it. He kept telling me, open up your own shop, open up your own shop. And you did too. Yeah. For the longest time. You did, and Kennedy did, and my wife did for the longest time. Well, I just remember when we were filming at these shops, and I would be talking to you, and I would ask you a question, and you would just break it down in, in very natural on camera. Because I've yeah. worked with a lot of people on camera. Um, and asking them to explain stuff and it's always very awkward or strange yeah. like sure we have bloopers here and there but instantly anytime i'm like okay why are we replacing all the coil packs yep. with oem what's the benefit of that and 30 minutes later we have a whole entire conversation yeah. about just coil packs <laughs> exactly and it's natural it's not me being like okay mike you got to say this you got to say <laughs> that i'm like here's the camera yep. go and it's like just so you guys know we don't plan these things you know we no. don't have like a whole spreadsheet of hey we're going to talk about this no. we're going to talk about that you just get record and as you go, you have questions. Yeah. I just answer as we go. Well, I always try to um, structure it where it's like, okay, what are the top YouTube comments that come in on other people's mm -hmm. videos? What are the biggest things that people ask me in general? And then I can form, you know, let's say we film for an hour. I can form like 12 to 15 really good questions yeah. that you can break down. Yeah. So I always try to think of like, you know, I'll ask you a question and people will comment and be like, oh, you're not a car guy if you don't know what that is. <laughs> I, I know cars. I'm asking him to explain it to people who don't yeah so our videos that we put out is for the guy who is 15 that just got an integra doesn't know anything about yep. cars yep. to people who already build professional twin turbo huracans yeah it's just for fun content so exactly. i think that's a natural thing i remember telling like mike open up a shop man. yeah you need to do this you're good with people and with business dude yeah and then when i told you i was like hey i'm opening up my own shop and you're through i was so happy i was <laughs> like oh yes this is gonna be good for everybody yep and look what it did look what it's brought to yeah. you yeah Thanks to you. <laughs> well, thanks to you for letting me film everything, man. It's, it's pushed both of our careers in a direction where yeah. I'm, I'm very thankful for your friendship. It's hard, it's hard to find good people. Yeah. And going back to talking about, I mean, I, we won't say in detail, but I've had a lot of bosses that treated me um, like a number. Yeah. Like, just go, you know, 15 hours a day, you're going to make this much money for the company. We don't care how you feel. Yep. Like, if somebody treated me that way and they did, I do not want to work in that environment. Exactly. But now I'm looking at how, I think I just realized this, you've had all your employees yep they've stayed yep. since day one yep and so have i i've <laughs> yeah. had i've had almost everyone it shows a couple of people here and there but your main team has been here yeah since day one <laughs> yeah you realize that yeah damn that's so cool man <laughs> props to you for being like that i i i think that that's super admirable yeah so like it all comes down to like again you know what we were talking about about how being treated so i am actually very thankful for every single em employer that i've had in the past because they taught me a lot of things you know obviously they're all business owners and so am i now um obviously for the last three years now but you learn from their mistakes yeah one how they treat their employees two um how they schedule things three you know whatever it may be whatever it is that they did that didn't meet up to your expectations you learn from that and then you just accommodate to everybody else's needs rather than your own it's not about the money you know, at the end of the day, all of us want to have a happy life, you know, like yeah. you, you could be a billionaire and you still wouldn't be happy because you're, so I, I tell people this because they're always like, oh yeah, you know, like what's your life goal? You know, do you, what, what happens when you become a billionaire? I'm like, that's not the point here. The point is to be, you know, successful to me means that, you know, you have success in life with happiness as well as your lifestyle. The more money you make, your lifestyle changes no matter what, no matter what anybody says, you make over you know seven figures a year your lifestyle will completely change yeah and people don't understand that you know like just because you're making let's just say forty fifty thousand dollars now and then you start making a hundred thousand dollars what do you think you're gonna do you're gonna buy a house you're gonna buy a nice car you're gonna start financing all these things and your lifestyle is gonna change yeah it changes completely i mm -hmm. think that people don't realize that you know as you 
grow a business, you're mm-hmm. gonna get more money coming in, yeah. thankfully, but you have to learn how to reinvest that. Yeah, you know? exactly. And I've had both of my E90 and my E92, both those cars were sold to fund someone's yearly salary. Yeah. That was legitimately why, and it grew my business you know, from you know, a good amount of money to six figures yeah. because I, I made that investment, but you know, at the same time, there's always like the happy medium of yeah. you have to have stuff to put aside for lifestyle, yep. put aside for business. As well as your needs as well, you know, whether it's food or, you know, family. groceries, family, you know, Christmas, all that stuff. Yeah. So now now that you've had this business for a good amount of time, mm-hmm. what are the current struggles that you run into? I'll be honest with you. For the last probably three months, I've had no stress. Really? Zero. Good um, for you. Business has been great. You know, my team has been great. I go home and I go eat, spend time with my wife and... It's a good there's, life. There's man. no struggles. That's a great. There really isn't. <laughs> That's good. I, I think you've set up a really good structure for yourself to be happy and you know successful, and I, I think that's great. That's awesome. I appreciate it. Yeah. So now, what's the next step for you? So next step is, I mean, I, you already know this, but yeah. I'll tell all of you guys as well. I've been actively looking for a larger facility for the last what since a year since I signed here. Mm-hmm. I've been looking for a five to eight thousand square feet building. Um, it's just really hard for me to find a building right now that has all the necessary things that I want because it has to be, you know, standalone unit, uh, it has to be zoned for automotive. Yeah, right? and automotive zone, that's yeah. the hardest thing. I mean, you know, <laughs> you I tried, tried. I tried it before. I've tried it where I've gone to open up an office where we could work on cars yep. and it was just like not a, a success in any kind of way. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I get it. But when, when someone looks, you know, let's say they're working at a job right now and they're mm-hmm. not too happy with it. What's the, what's the exit strategy? How did you approach that? So for me, it was like, it, it all comes down to your lifestyle again yeah. you know like you could be making $25 an hour $40 an hour whatever it is maybe you're not happy with your employer or you know your career path whatever it may be but keep in mind if you want to quit your job and then start up your own business or change your career completely and take a complete pay cut you have to change your lifestyle so at the same time you have to calculate like you know how much your bills are you know if you're financing your car how much your insurance is if you're able to take a pay cut and take a step back to pursue your happiness, do it. Yeah. Do it. It's because a, I wouldn't call it a sacrifice either. No, no. Absolutely not. Because at the end of the day, you're taking a pay cut from now, but in the future, you'll be making more money, but you'll be happy. Maybe you won't make as much money, but you'll be happy. That's yeah. what it comes down to. Yeah. Having a lifestyle where you're spending so much money on, you know, food or, or clothes or, you know, trying to impress people, that that's one thing. I mean, I don't for me, like the last four years of, I'm coming up on four years next month of having my company. Mm-hmm. And for four years, I didn't buy any new clothes. This week was the first time I got all new clothes. I got new <laughs> shoes, new jacket, everything. I've, <laughs> I've never spent money on me yeah. um, other than like the investments of yeah. the car. The yeah. car made me money on YouTube. It got me more clients through Instagram. Like I always reinvested in the stuff where, you know, camera gear, doing the podcast. This is all stuff I invested in to make more money. And it was a lifestyle change. Yeah. You know, I went from living in like a big townhouse in Irvine yep, to a studio. Yeah. You know, and I, I downgraded everything, and um, I took those pay cuts where it's not a sacrifice. It's yeah, just a part. It's, of the, it's a part of the process. It's all investment. You know, it's I, funny because totally you're talking about like buying clothes. Mm-hmm. Same with me. Mm-hmm. I actually don't even buy my own clothes. Really? So like, I actually have clothes like these jeans. Yeah. I've had these for like eight years. <laughs> well, they're handy. They're just they're good to go. Yeah. So then my wife would get mad, and she's like. You need new clothes. So she would go buy me clothes. Wow. That's <laughs> but I just awesome. don't buy it for myself because I don't feel the need to. I'm the same way. I don't feel like I need to spend money on myself. I almost feel guilty, but in a way, it's like you kind of have to. Yeah. 
you know because think of it as the big picture you know like sure you're not living that lifestyle that you're seeing all these people living now but who knows in 10 years it might be completely different maybe they're going to be bankrupt or maybe they don't have a money or a job yeah. you know so at you, least for us you know we pursued our own careers that we wanted which i mean by that is you know what we actually enjoyed since day one and then now we're out you know we have our own businesses you know working our own time obviously we work more hours than anybody else here you know any of our employees yeah. because people don't understand you know well that's the name of the game i mean you have to be willing to put in the time exactly i think that the biggest thing i look at too is like definition of success would be for me having the freedom um, yep. whether I'm making, you know, 20 grand a year or I'm making 300 grand a year, yeah. I'm able to, like, I woke up this morning and I had a phone call with a client and I literally laid in bed at 9am and I did the phone call. And then I went through my phone. I did all my emails. I went through all my calls, everything. Then I went to the office at noon, yeah. but I got everything done that I needed to do from my bed. Yeah. And then I went in and I, I literally like unboxed some packages, did a bunch of phone calls, had a couple of meetings. Now I'm here, yeah. you know, so I have this freedom now where I remember vividly working at um, the dealerships. I'd look out the window yeah. on a Monday morning and I'm like, how are you walking your dog with your family at 2 p.m.? Like, why, are you, why do you not have a job? And I always wondered how people did that. And now I'm like, the freedom is what people should fight for. Yeah, Cause that's exactly. a great feeling. Um, you had a, a three series you built. Yes. Big, two, two of them. Two of them, yeah. The, the black one that you built. Let's talk about that. What, what was the engine done? Like, what do you do everything with that so car? So that car was a E92 335. It was a 2008. Um, that one had a N54. So I actually bought that car from a, a tow yard. So they put a lien on it because somebody actually didn't pick up the car. Yeah. So I bought the car for $2,800. Oh my God. Um, yeah, so I got the car back to the shop and it had a blown engine. So I went to go buy a shell. And then after I got done with work, I clocked out. I pulled in my car, I pushed the shell in, and I actually dropped the engine out of my car dropped the engine out of the shell <laughs> swapped everything over into the e92 on my car and then i actually went full bolt on and then installed it back on and then i was done with the car by 4 a.m i got off oh so i clocked God. out at eight o'clock at night wow yeah. and that's how you got it to run then huh yeah so i got that to wow. run and then as time progressed i built that put a cage in it ricardo sportsters uh carbon fiber steering wheel uh, it was a non-M Sport, so I actually ended up getting a black headliner from a 335IS, installed that. The car didn't have iDrive, so I pulled the whole dashboard. I remember you doing that. that. I remember that. Man, that's crazy. <laughs> yep. Holy crap. So I've done a lot. You know, like, I, I know those platforms so well. I yeah. know every single nut and bolt, including, you know, M3s, because they share the same interior. Mm -hmm. um, so you're, you feel very confident. Like, if you had to pick one car to do a blindfold build... Like without looking at it, you think through E92 3 Series? Yeah, it'll be E9X. Okay. That's for sure. Okay. E9X. Damn, uh, that's be crazy. M3, 328, 335, you know, all of them. That's really cool. Yeah, every time you worked on my car, I was always like, he knows exactly what he's doing. Because yeah. you always knew, like, okay, so when you pull the interior, you got to pull from left to right. And I didn't know that. And you taught me that. And then all the nuts and bolts. And yeah. um, now, so a business standpoint, mm -hmm. um, you owning this business, you came in here as a car enthusiast at yep. first. Now you're a manager, yeah. you're a leader. Yeah. How many employees do you have now? Uh, I have four in total. Okay, so with those four people, plus everyone around here in the commotion yeah. and the business and everything you're doing, you know, how do you feel handling that? Because you went from an enthusiast, yeah. or a nine to fiver, yep. essentially, to a leader. Kind of, I was more like a seven to eight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you were like all day and all night. Yeah. <laughs> but now that you're a manager, how's that feel? Um, honestly, it feels natural um, because 
you know, out of all the other businesses I've worked at, you know, these companies, I was always kind of like a shop foreman, manager, and lead tech always, and it's kind of fluid with me because at that point I already kind of managed how like you know how time managed for every single employee, tell them what to do, task them what to do, stuff like that. The only thing that I was kind of a little new to, I would say is customer service i wouldn't say that too much because even when i was working at the other shop i was doing a lot of that yeah you still dealt with that well because it it's definitely a, a change where you know you have people now that re report to you and need your help and you yeah. know I, every time i come here there's always thousands of questions being asked to you yeah you're getting pulled left and right how do you how do you manage that because you stay pretty calm right yeah i stay pretty calm because i mean it's kind of like your videos you know I, I like to be informative so when you know one of the guys have struggle or questions with anything I like to inform them and I don't mind it because you know I like teaching people um, one term I always go by is knowledge is power yeah always because yeah. the more you know the better you mm -hmm. know like having conversation with let's just say you have one of your clients who's an engineer understanding what he's talking about may benefit you in the future you know like maybe you want to design something or maybe you want to get into real estate so I like to teach everybody anything that I can so talking to the guys whenever they have questions or struggles i don't mind that that's good that's a good way to be i feel like it sounds like what you did is you had your own discipline and your own structure that now you just apply to all your team members yep, just exactly. so they get it exactly wow that's interesting so that's cool to know does it ever feel like overwhelming or it used to at first when i was probably a year or two years into ownership maybe like half of the quarter the uh, one quarter of the time that i was at the last shop mm -hmm. i was stressing out a lot I would go home pretty stressed out, but I knew at the end of the day it's worth it because I know it's not always going to be like that because just like any other business that you start up, it, it all just takes time. Well, it's a, it's phases you go through, and I was the same way. The The first year is, you know, you're figuring stuff out. The second year is you questioning it, and then yep. you just keep going and going, and then I'm, like I said, I think, are we both on the same time frame? Almost. I think you're like half a year more than me. Both on the same, yeah, that's insane. So we both kind of start at the same time, and I finally feel a fresh breath of air the last eight months. Yeah. For the first time in like four years or yeah. three years. So I think you're at that point where I am in the last couple months. Yeah. That I was telling you about. I, it took me a little bit longer, but now I'm like. No, technically oh. not because it was like, what, two months ago for me, you said last eight months for you. Yeah. That's six. Yeah. And you're happier more than me yeah. at the same time. <laughs> the exact Dude, same that's time. that's crazy. So if you're watching this right now, that's that's the business standpoint where four years, you'll be able to take a, a big breath of fresh yep. air. But during that time, I think I look back at I'm thankful for the struggle because yep. it taught me how to be calm. Like I put out some fires this morning. I had yeah. a couple clients call and they, they had questions and concerns and then we calmed them down and they understood. So I think as long as you're clear and your communication is strong, yep. it's the biggest thing for customers and for your team. Yeah. As, at the same time, stay calm. Yeah. You know, yeah. like if you start getting mad at them because they're getting upset about like something small or yeah. something stupid, for example, it won't come out good. You, know? you got to put your ego aside. And exactly. I had I had the same thing this morning. Someone told me that um, I didn't know how to do my job. And it was a person that was trying to work with us. And I, I politely said, you know what? I understand where you're coming from. Yep. Let's sort this out. But in the back of my head, I was like ready to yell <laughs> and scream and be like, I know I know this, yeah. this is what I do for a living, you know? Yeah. But you put your ego aside and you stay calm. And now he's our client. Yeah. And now that's money coming in. Exactly. So you just got to understand their perspective first. I ha You have to. I think as long as you're able to stay calm, then you can diffuse any situation. Yep. What's the most challenging car you've ever built here? Most challenging? Yeah. 
because there's a lot of cars. I mean, it's mostly BMWs. Every time I come here, like I walked in now and you had a, a piston and a, you're <laughs> covered in oil and you're holding it above an engine. I'm like, uh, you ready for a podcast? <laughs> I was disassembling a motor. <laughs> Just casual stuff. But I feel like you have like that M6 that was here. You had the engine out of that thing. Yeah, and... so the, I guess the two craziest build, if we're talking horsepower as well as modifications, would be the... Uh, M6, obviously that was one of them. That one was a built motor by RK. Mm-hmm. Um, so we actually installed that motor and then we actually modified, ad- adjusted, installed, <laughs> fabricated a lot of stuff. But I think the most sophisticated one would probably be Demi's car, Demi's build, the E90. That one has been... Is that the white one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what, I always see it on your Instagram story, shooting yeah. flames. <laughs> so that one's been like a three-year build or so. That long? Mm-hmm. Wow. Like... Well, as uh, as in like to the point where it is now. So that used to be an automatic. We converted to manual. Um, we changed out the LSD. Um, we built the rear diff, and then we added a uh, LSD into that one because now it's a manual. So we changed out the auto one to a manual as well. Change out the drive shaft, and then we put a uh, IRP shifter. And then after that, the build started happening. That one now is a fully built motor, ported head. CNC head, oh my God. <laughs> upgraded valves, springs, retainer, oversized uh, valves as well. Um, we're doing cams. We're doing a bigger turbo than it already has. How much power is this thing going to put down? So the goal is to make twelve to 1,300 to the wheels. On an E90? Yeah. Wow. That thing's nuts. I mean, I, I love it how... I know this is random, but I love it how you're able to shoot flames here every night. Like there was a good six months where every Instagram story would be shooting flames. And then I would come by and you'd have your M6 and just revving it to the limiter. I have videos of you doing that for over a minute. Yep. <laughs> like, bro, how do your neighbors not care? But it seems like you have you have a detail guy here. Yeah. You have uh, uh, a fabricator, fabricator here. So it's kind of all like, and you have the air, airport. Yeah. Like you got planes taken off every two minutes. <laughs> so, so there's them, right? Who obviously are into cars. Then we have another shot, uh, another business over here, or another uh, building over here. Uh-huh. Then a building over there. And what they do is collect cars, so they're into cars. So they're cool with it. Super cool. Yeah. So every time they hear something like going off, they drive over. <laughs> they want to see it. And they're like recording and they're having a great time. <laughs> they're asking questions, and they're always supportive too. Like they're, you know, they're always telling us like, you know, what you guys do here is insane. Like, so impressed with you guys. You guys all look young. And I'm like, I mean, I, I look young, but I feel old. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, after the working from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. every single day it catches up to you <laughs> exactly but that's that's great that you have a good environment for yourself and for your team where you yeah. don't have to worry too much about you know neighbors or cops or anything like yeah, that. yeah but at the same time just be respectful too you know <laughs> yeah you have to if you see like somebody over there having a meeting like uh, yeah don't don't do anything too crazy <laughs> so i mean conversation just yeah just plays. revving the car it's like eh, we're just testing it out <laughs> Um, so now, you know, you want to expand into a new shop and you have different goals and stuff like that. What, what can people expect to see from your company the next year? So the next year or so, we're obviously trying to grow even more. Um, as you already saw, and I was just talking to you about, I want to slow things down for myself to give myself some more free time so that I can start doing crazier builds that I'm capable of. Um, what I mean by that is like, you know, maybe, maybe somebody wants to come in here and like, let's just say an example, um. I shouldn't be saying this, but I'll just say it. Yeah. So somebody picked up an E91 wagon that we are doing a full M3 conversion on. So when I say that, I mean we're doing an S65 motor with a six-speed transmission. We're wow. doing the OEM rear diff subframe. We're doing the front subframe. We're doing the control arms. Oh we're doing God. the knuckles. We're doing full <laughs> suspension. And then we're doing the full interior. And then we're doing a cage. 
and then probably going to stroke the motor as well. Wow, so that's gonna be a whole different level for you. Yeah, so this is going to be like an actual build that, I mean, it's been done, but it's not so common, you know? So I wanna be able to do stuff like that where I can fully concentrate on a build that maybe you wanna swap like a, you know, S55 into an E30 or yeah. maybe S58 into it. What I think would be pretty cool is like, imagine a B58 in a wagon. Like so, a B58 and so, like F31. So now that you have the idea, you want to free up more time for yourself. Exactly. Yeah, because right now it seems like you're pulled in every direction. Yeah. Well, that's good. Well, it, it'll help you out mentally, I think, because you yeah. have a lot on your plate right now. Yeah, so like I don't mind doing builds like that, you know? Yeah. Like stuff that takes time, but as long as I can concentrate on it and not be distracted. And then you have an online store, right? Mm -hmm. And you yeah. sell crank cubs and all that stuff on there? Yeah, cool. yeah. You know, Spencer's over here about to do his crank up scene. Yep, I have a lot planned. Well, we have a huge laundry list of stuff to do to the F80, and I just picked up a bunch of parts, which we'll start filming, I think, next week. Yep. Yeah, we got crank hub and yep. maintenance and everything, and then I'm off to the track, so we have a lot planned. But if you guys want to, check out Precision Dynamics on Instagram and also uh, anywhere. You have to get YouTube going, man. You say this all the time. You have to. So That's another thing, too. See? That's another one-year goal that I have YouTube. to... Yeah, probably in the next six months or so, I want to start it up and okay. finally free up some time because the problem with that is like, I want to be able to communicate with everybody and just kind of answer all these questions. Um, obviously, I won't be doing all of the jobs, but maybe at the end of it, I'll you know pull certain clips aside yeah. and explain things for people. Well, or... I saw the comment you put on the YouTube video. Yeah, so like I try to free up a little bit more time for that too. So yeah. now like with your videos, I try to go on there and answer people's questions. Yeah, there's a novel on there on crank hubs. Uh, <laughs> someone asked a question about, uh, what was the, it was a different kind of crank hub? Yeah, so he asked what was the difference between um, the different type of crank hubs available. The comparison that he gave was the crank bolt capture um, then the pin and the key. Oh, okay. um, yeah, because I, I saw it earlier today, and it, it was like, oh, uh, a, a not a question. It was a comment from Mike, and it said, read more. And I pressed <laughs> it, and it was just a novel <laughs> of information. And I'm like, yeah, we have to get Mike on his own channel making <laughs> videos like that. But um, if you guys want to learn more about Precision Dynamics, they have Instagram. We lost video. It's okay. You guys can check them out on uh, Instagram and also their website. They have a bunch of stuff on there. And if you can, please subscribe, thumbs up, and we'll see you next time. Yeah, see you guys. See you guys. Thanks, Mike.